I was watching this interview the other day with Nick Jonas. He was promoting his upcoming album and telling everyone about how he learned to make these cool designs in his homemade cappuccinos. And by the way, based on the picture that they showed, he's actually pretty good at it. And then he broke character. You could just see the change in his body language and his voice as he got honest. Nick Jonas says he is just so bored. And you know what? I believe him. I am too. I don't know. How about you? I would love to come in here and say that I have some magical solution. Sorry. But at least I can try to get all of us to break down our walls a little bit like Nick and maybe have a little laugh at, you know, everything. We take being a grown-up really seriously, and that's for all good reasons, but we also need a break, and we need to give our friends and family a break. Grown-up gear is perfect for that. Who doesn't need a pillow that says, you had me at debt-free, with an adorable pig wearing shades? And let's be honest, a sweatshirt reading, I can't believe I'm a grown-up either, is really what we're all thinking. You can see more designs at grownupgear.com or on my website, bobbyrebel.com. The merch makes great gifts for everything from graduations, engagements, bachelor and bachelorette parties, bridal showers, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and the most important holiday of all, today, because we're all still here living our lives the best we can in spite of all the things. Go to grownupgear.com and be sure to check my Instagram, bobbyrebel one for discount codes. And thank you for supporting this venture and for supporting the podcast. I had a fully booked calendar and a lot of deposits. And within a two-week period, I lost six figures in speaking bookings. And my calendar went from completely full to completely empty. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. It's been a year, guys. If you want to get technical, it's been a year and about a week. Although most of us frankly lost count of the days and didn't even know which day of the week it was for a while. The pandemic put so many of our lives on hold and so many of our businesses in the tank. For people who make their living talking to people in person, they went from thriving to, well, there's no cute pun here. The business died. There was nothing there. For my friend, Lindsay Pollock, who is a top speaker and best-selling author, ironically, in the career space, her career literally went poof last March with no end in sight. This was literally uncharted territory for pretty much anyone alive these days. Two weeks to stop the spread was one thing, but getting back to packed rooms with over a thousand people as she was used to? Yeah, crickets. Even now. Lindsay agreed to share her experience with us in the hopes that many of us can at least relate to and get some solace from her experiences. She also has, as she always has, great and specific advice on how we can better be prepared for the future and the unimaginable. She also managed to write a fantastic book in quarantine. It is called Recalculating, Navigate Your Career Through the Changing World of Work. We do a little sneak peek at the end of our interview. Here is Lindsay Pollock. 
Lindsay Pollock, you are a financial grown-up and welcome back to the show. It is an honor to be back for the second time. Thank you. We're going to talk about your new book, which was written in quarantine and has a lot of really relevant advice for anyone who is thinking of recalculating. That's also the name of the book. But first, you brought us a very relevant story that happened to you just when quarantine was starting. And sadly, too many of us can relate to us. Tell us your money story, Lindsay. I'd be happy to. So like many people in March of 2020, everything stopped and everything changed. And I think we hear about food service people and you know certain jobs that you know would be destroyed by the pandemic or pushed off. Professional speakers were in that category. I had at that time been doing about 70 to 80 live speaking events per year. And I had a fully booked calendar and a lot of deposits. And within a two-week period, I lost six, six figures. I can't even say it. I stumble on the words. I lost six figures in speaking bookings. And my calendar went from completely full to completely empty. And just to explain how speaking works, you had deposits. Did you have to, how does the contract work? Did you have to return all the deposits or did they reschedule or was it just gone? So you know what's interesting is my contract said that the deposits were non-refundable and that we would make our best efforts to reschedule if something got canceled. Several people took me up on that, I will say, and let me keep the deposits. Several requested for their own financial difficulties to return it, and I made the decision to do that to keep the relationships because I understood that people were in really tough times. So I did return them. So it sort of went beyond the contract. And for anything that had been booked, but not yet paid, of course, that just disappeared. So then what? It was tough. And I'll tell you a couple of things because it's a financial podcast. Number one, just by luck, uh, about a year before my bookkeeper had said, you really need to have a credit line for your business. I had contacted my bank, Chase Bank, and gotten a very significant credit line because I have good credit that I'm extremely proud of. It's one of the proudest things in my life that I have good credit. And I got a significant six-figure credit line, which saved me. I paid it all back ultimately over time. But having that fund to dip into to make sure that I could continue to pay my assistant and my rent and so on, um, I cut back on expenses tremendously. And I started reaching out. And what's really interesting is I didn't have a plan for like where the money would come from, but I've always relied on the fact that relationships are where opportunities come from. And I just called people, checked in, how are you doing? What's going on? How are you? I mean, for about four weeks, it was just, oh my gosh, what's happening? And slowly but surely, a relationship with a UK firm that had sort of been pending for a while took off. Slowly but surely, people who had never booked for years were like, hey, could you do a session on how to work remotely? And I was like, yes, I can. You know, that had been one slide in my presentation. And now suddenly that became a presentation. It was nowhere near what I had projected for the year, but the year turned out okay. And the sort of miracle moment was on May 5th. I'll never remember. I got an email from my agent about something totally different. And at the very bottom of the email, she said, and by the way, do you think you might want to write a book? during this pandemic experience, I feel like you might have something to say. And that one sentence turned into recalculating, which we're here today to talk about. So perfect. So you basically pivoted from doing speaking to going back to book writing, which you were always doing. This is, I think, number four, number five. I can't keep track of you, Lindsay. It is, I, think of them, I think of them like children. And I had been writing a book every five years. And I had written the remix last year in 2019. And it, I say it's like my accidental fourth child. You know, I didn't mean to have a child so quickly after my third. 
but so it happens. Well, it's a wonderful book. We're going to talk about it soon, but tell me what is the lesson for our listeners from this? It's something that I think is such a cliche, but true. Necessity is the mother of invention. (laughs) I was a speaker. I was like, I'm a speaker. That's what I do. And I realized I can't only be a speaker. And when I look at the people I most admire in my world, people like you, it's, do you have a podcast? Do you have online courses? Do you have newsletters? Do you get paid to write? And what I remembered is sometimes you go back to basics, which I think is the other lesson. When I was first starting out, I didn't make enough money from speaking. So I was freelance writing. I was coaching. I was doing resume reviews. I was doing anything I could. And I realized I have to get back into that mindset that I'm not, quote, just a speaker And that's what led to these other opportunities. Now, I don't want to say it was easy. I don't want to say I wasn't scared or I didn't stay up at night or I wasn't uncomfortable dipping into, you know, my savings or my credit line, which I did do. But ultimately, what got me through it was going back to basics and realizing I have to get creative. Looking back, what would you have done differently in terms of setting up your life? Would you have diversified your business more in advance? Yes. You know, sometimes success is not so good because you get so deep into one area that you put all your eggs in one basket. And what's really funny is I've advised job seekers for years, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, even if you're happily employed, keep your network going. Don't just apply for jobs in one field. And I had to take my own advice. Very well said. And it's good to know that even people far along and super successful in their careers sometimes have to take their own advice, which they sort of move past. You did with you. I, I love this. You brought with you an everyday money tip. And I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler. One part of this made you $2,000 in just extra cash. <laughs> Tell us your everyday money tip, because this is so fascinating. I had no idea this was such a big thing. Okay. So at my heart, I grew up in Norwalk, Connecticut, you know, the burbs. I am just like a suburban girl. And in my high school, I remember they had all these categories like best dressed, best looking, all that. There was like informal stuff that we would just send around to be silly. And mine was most likely to drive a station wagon in the suburbs. <laughs> and so my money tip, which by the way, I've not done, but my money tip was to clip coupons. And in the old days, I remember going to the grocery store with my mom and she had an envelope, right? And she would like hand the coupons to the, the checkout person. And apparently I used to play that at home, like handing the, to the coupons to the checkout person. I think we all did. I think we all did, right? <laughs> my mom definitely had the coupons. And a whole organizer. There was like a coupon organizer box. Oh, yeah. like She would organize what she was going to bring that day. And you were waiting for the double coupon day. And here we are talking about personal finances on a podcast. So the modern day version of that, it used to be called Ebates. Now it's called Rakuten. Rakuten is I have this little widget on my browser and on my phone that tells me that I can get cash back if you sort of shop through Ebates or, or Rakuten. And over the past several years, I've made $2,000 using that little widget to get little discounts on things. And yeah, of course, I look like, oh, that's fine. I can get a little bit more cash back than if I shop at such and such. Um, and you know, it's funny. I always did it. My husband would make fun of me like, oh, you got your $7.53 check today. And then I looked and I saw, wow, over a few years, I've made $2,000 back. And that's real money. And that was basically on money you were probably going to spend anyway. Now, you might have chosen one retailer over another because of it, but still. It's money. Target is my favorite one. The Target <laughs> app, I've saved, I think, $110. Uh, we've been quarantining in Connecticut. And I think I've saved $110 uh, this year, which is only $10 a month. But hey, I use that credit for other good stuff. Oh, absolutely. So I have in my hand my early copy 
This is one of my favorite perks of doing this podcast. I have an early copy of Recalculating, Navigate Your Career Through the Changing World of Work, which you wrote during quarantine. So tell us what is different now, both in quarantine and hopefully very soon as we emerge from quarantine in terms of how we recalculate our careers and our life. The first thing to think about is recalculating is not one thing that you do in a moment and then it's over, right? It's not like a fork in the road. I think we all need to be reskilling, upskilling, pivoting, diversifying, all the things that we talked about in my own story. What we've learned through COVID is you cannot coast, right? You can't just say, well, you know, I'm comfortable where I am and I'm going to keep moving forward. You probably never could. But I think we all know that now more than ever. And a really important piece of that that I know you're so good at and is important to you is if you're not getting good at virtual communication and remote communication and email and texting and Slack and social media, you are not keeping up with the tools that you need to have to succeed now and into the future. It's no longer a nice to have. It's an absolute must have skill. Yes. I am always learning different things. I mean, for example, right now I started this merch store and I had to learn all this stuff about how to connect it to Instagram and so on, but it's actually really fun and you feel very accomplished. So technical skills and learning new ways of doing business is very important. And on that note, a lot of people have questions about how to use social media differently while we're in this pandemic, because it does become more important when we can't be social in person, right? Absolutely. But I think there are parallels. And so the parallels are, you've got to remember that each social network, if you're looking at it from a professional standpoint, like networking to find a job or new clients, just like it's different to sort of chat with people at the supermarket than to chat with people at a black tie gala, you have to see the social networks as different. You can't be the same or use the same language and style or even necessarily profile photo on Twitter as you would on LinkedIn or on Instagram or on Clubhouse or what have you. So number one is to acknowledge that they're all different. Number two is I think you do use them in the same way you would in-person networking. So you and I, let's say, might bond on Facebook because you're wearing a cute shirt or I see a cute picture of of your son. I'm not going to say, do you have a job? Or can I send you my resume? I'm going to say, hey, great photo. Hey, do you want to get together and talk sometime about work stuff? It's an entry point. Just as if I saw you on the sidelines of a soccer game, we would talk about the game. I wouldn't start to launch into my sales pitch. So I think that social media should be seen as these kind of personal moments where you might, quote, bump into somebody. And then you take it to the next level off of that social network to have the professional conversation. LinkedIn is a bit different. I think LinkedIn is like a professional conference where people go, no one's going to be offended if you try to network professionally on LinkedIn. That's the point. It's like being at a conference. But for all the other sites, it's about building and solidifying real, authentic, personal relationships. And then you take the conversation elsewhere after that. And what do you think about Clubhouse? Because you're very successful on Clubhouse. I love dropping in on the rooms that you're in and the conversations. What's your take and your advice to people on how to use Clubhouse? So that's a really good example of like, I don't know, I'll give it a try. This is a new thing and I'm going to try it. And I wasn't sure. To me, it's a mix between listening to the radio and kind of dropping in on a podcast or webinar, but sometimes you get to talk. Um, What's absolutely amazing to me is how much free advice is there. I'm providing it myself. I do a career chat every Wednesday at one o'clock with a bunch of career experts and people just ask their questions. And what's really cool is not only do we give our thoughts or advice, but other people on the call can raise their hand and say, hey, I know somebody or, oh, I have an idea for you. And so what's happening is kind of like these conference moments in the Clubhouse app. So I'd really encourage people to give it a try. And if it's not for you, it's not for you, but it's just another tool 
where you might bond and, and just funny things like bumping into each other. I was on it yesterday. I went to graduate school in Australia at this school called Monash University, which is just outside of Melbourne. Most people have never heard of it. There was a woman on the call who had gone to Monash University and had moved to the United States. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're kidding. And we met on Clubhouse. So you just never know what kinds of moments like that can happen wherever you decide to show up, but you have to decide to show up. Absolutely. So everyone should follow Lindsay on Clubhouse and also me. I'm on Clubhouse too, and I'm still learning the ropes, but I'm having a great time on it too. So please follow both of us. Your book, Recalculating, Navigate Your Career Through the Changing World of Work, is going to be available everywhere, March 23rd. Where can people get in touch with you? So my website is my name, lindsaypollock.com. I'll spell it for you because it's a doozy, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-P-O-L-L-A-K. I'm the only one in the world who spells it that exact way, um, and I'd be delighted to connect with anyone there or on social media. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby. Here we go. Financial grown-up tip number one. Social media is a lot more than social these days. Certainly during the pandemic, depending on your business, it became an important tool for your career. Take the time to master the ones that fit your business. It's not just about being social. It is about career success and sometimes career survival as well. Financial one-up tip number two. If you are on social media, don't forget to participate. Staying on the sidelines will keep you there. So for example, if you are in Clubhouse, raise your hand and add to the conversation. By the way, it is invitation only, but I do have invites. So DM me if you need one. And please join my club on Clubhouse, Money Tips for Grownups. I'd love to connect with you there. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a screenshot and share it on social media. And if you tag me at BobbyRebel1, that will also enter you into our book and merch giveaways. I also want to encourage everyone to pre-order a copy of Recalculating, Navigate Your Career Through the Changing World of Work by Lindsay Pollock. It is a bit complicated, but it really helps Lindsay if you pre-order it. And this episode is dropping about a week before it's released, so you still have a week to get it done. And it is truly a big deal to Lindsay. So thank you for doing that. I promise you will love it. And big thanks to my friend, Lindsay Pollock, for helping us all be financial grownups. The Financial Grown-Up Podcast is a production of BRK Media. The podcast is hosted by me, Bobby Rebel, but the real magic happens behind the scenes with our team. Steve Stewart is our editor and producer, and Amanda Savin is our talent coordinator and content creator. So yeah, that means she does the show notes you can get for every show right on our website and all the fantastic graphics that you can see on our social media channels. Our mission here at Financial Grown Up is to help you be at your financial best in every stage of life. And this year, we want to help you get there by giving away some of our favorite money books. To get yours, make sure you are on the grown up list. Go to bobbyrebell.com to sign up for free. While you're there, please check out our grown up gear shop and help support the show by buying something to express your commitment to being a financial grown up. Stay in touch on Instagram at bobbyrebell1 and on Twitter at Bobby Rebel. You can email us at hello at financialgrownup.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and maybe leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a couple minutes. Join us next time for more stories to help you live your best grown-up life.